Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Market in a mayhem You might love it, you might hate it Here's my favorite freaking show Hey, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thank you for downloading, streaming, or ignoring the show, whatever you decided to do. Well, we got a good one today. Dick, what a show. We got Nick Searcy visiting us from Hollywood. We've got Chief's Great Art Still and Kendall Culbertson, a local entrepreneur with lots of cool stuff going on. We are going to have some big fun. We are jam-packed with cigars, beer, and uh, a lot of good talk. But, uh, oh, hang, hang on a minute. Let me grab this. Hello? Hey, Dick Buzz Martini. Oh, Buzz, yeah, our, our sales guy for the podcast. Hey, yeah, champ, listen, I, I think I might have an idea It's going to get us out of this nobody-listens-to-the-damn-podcast rut we've been in lately. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's a promo idea. I think you're perfect for it. It's the sport of kings. Uh, uh table tennis? No, stupid, I'm talking about boxing. Boxing? Yeah. Huh? So here's the deal. We get you in the ring what? on television, what? so you're wearing a big robe that's got Dick and Loy's media, marketing, mayhem, whatever the hell it is, on the back with the logo. Uh, I don't know. And people uh, see that on TV, and they're like, hey, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it doesn't suck, and maybe they tune it in at least once. Uh, I don't know. There's a little something I'm concerned about. I, oh, I, come on, man. What's the matter? I think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm afraid it would turn out like this. Good morning, capacity crowd here this morning as Wilson takes on the challenger. Wilson looks good, doesn't he? Well, I tell you, John, he's really pumped up for this. I think he's gained a lot of weight. He's really confident. I think he can go out there and All right, it. there goes the bell. Wilson steps out. He's up. <laughs> Wilson's down. down. Wilson is down. Unbelievable fight. One second in the round. Wilson is out. What a weakling. Yeah, I guess I agree with that what a weakling thing. Never mind. Where are we, Loy? Broadcasting from today. Dick, what a what a great environment. We're at the Outlaw South at 137th and Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Probably the coolest great big man cave in Kansas City. You know, and I just lit a cigar, and I think it's out already, so you're going to have to help me through this here a little bit. Well, I can give you a little coaching on that. That works good. You know, uh, Loy, we've had a lot of guests on this show, but we've not really had the big stars. Matter of fact, uh, our our guest today is is such a big star, a Peabody Award-winning international film and TV star, Nick Searcy. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Pretty oh, good. I thought you were talking to me. I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I can't imagine how excited you must be to have me on the show. I you know, well, we you are, mean art. Uh, Nick, uh, because of your stature, we brought an extra host in today. Right, just um, to balance the table. To kind of do that, yeah. Right. And so, uh, former Kansas City Chief star Art Still is here. Art, how you doing, buddy? Um, my lower back, I'm having some problems okay. right there. My shoulders and stuff. Anybody got anything additional me, for that problem? Let me get that for you here. Okay, good deal. Oh, I'm feeling much better already. <laughs> Thank you, man. Have another. Well, we just spent the morning playing golf at Deer Creek with all these crazy guys. and uh, Playing at golf. Well, that, well that's where you had some good shots. Yes, mm-hmm. every now and then. There were flashes of brilliance every now and then. I think that pink ball really helped you out there it a did. number of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that it is made a beautiful course, though, isn't it, Nick? What do you Deer think Creek. of our wonderful public? It's so lush, and the, and the greens were speedy, and just, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful course. You it's, put on a heck of a demonstration out there, too. I did. I know there were. A couple. Now how does it rate to your Beverly Hills and Hollywood? Hills, golf courses. Well, you know, Los Angeles is basically a desert at its heart, so it can't compete in terms of the uh, lushness and the beauty of the of the Kansas golf courses. That's for sure. I heard that you know every hole you gotta hug a tree free willy when you're playing out in California. Uh, among other things, yeah, oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of obligations. You know, th- there's a lot of like, you know areas that you can't go into because it's environmentally unsafe to enter them you know that kind of thing and uh, you, you have to preserve the desert wildlife so that sounds like we're going your into the time zone or, right now yeah. Yeah. and yeah. that's downtown la i think isn't yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of free agents huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but no, it, the, 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 the public courses in L.A. Are, are fun because they're wide. And, you know, some of the greens, and some of it's pretty well maintained, but nothing like what we played today. All that's right, for sure. good. I feel good about that. You feel mm-hmm. good about that? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Nick, let's get into the business of, uh, of why people in Los Angeles are jealous of you. Well, because uh, mostly it's because I'm able to have a, a decent life and and uh, and still maintain my my status mm-hmm. as an international film and television star. Yeah, a lot of them are you know kind of locked into having to chase that sort of dream, and I've already achieved it. Yeah, so I can relax. You know, I'm kind of like I'm coasting now. You okay, know, I'm, I'm All sort right. of. I thought that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I can spend a lot of my leisure time sort of, you know, doing sucking at golf and, like, oh, you know, yeah. just sort of doing doing things. The that best I do. at that. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. he's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at the pink ball. That's right. Now, you played, Art, you've played golf with Mr. Searcy before, haven't you? Um, I'm the one that gave him lessons and all. Is that so right? That great game that he had. You're looking at the teacher, the master. Really? Okay. Well, Art and I mostly play like celebrity golf tournaments where it's a scramble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most of what Art and I are obligated to do is like once or twice a game hit a good shot. That's, That's the whole it. point. That's Especially right. my role. I know specifically my role is they bring me in because usually they're corporate sponsors. They have might have a foursome man not too good at golf. Gotcha. So they put me in that group. Yeah. And by the time they're finished, they feel very proud of their game playing along with me. So I throw my game to make them look good. I sacrifice my game. You just are like today, a giver. I sacrifice, hey, yeah. just, just like today, you feel pretty good about your game, don't mm. you, Dick? Mm. You know, I followed you on all the drives, and I felt real good. Yeah. yeah. And then when you went in the sand trap, and mm-hmm. when you had yeah. to go in the pond for a little swim and catch a couple of fish and, and free willy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of stuff, sure. Right. Yeah. Right. One of my favorite things is when you go in one of these celebrity golf tournaments and they pair you up with your foursome and you get to the hole and I always get there and they go, well, who's our celebrity today? And I go, it's me, guys. You lucked out. And then then I get up to the first tee box and I say, you know, when you go home tonight, you can tell everybody, I didn't know who the hell that celebrity was, but he could sure hit the hell out of a golf ball. <laughs> and then, no matter what happens on the team, it's comedy gold. It if you hit a good one, it's gold, great. Yeah. If you shank it off, it's yeah. whatever. It's perfect. It's, it's, perfect. All, hey, it's all in the presentation. <laughs> you tell them about, hey, a lot of times I use that term, I'm going through anger, anger management. I've heard that one, yeah. And, um, you know, I take playing golf seriously. So I can hit a house and all, oh, good shot, you know, in the woods. Maybe kill a couple dogs, man. Oh, man, good shot. Then, you know, about four or five holes down the line, I was just joking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just tell Art it was good. Don't make him mad. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Good And and the hemorrhoids always come into play, too, especially when I'm pulling the ball to the left. I heard you mention that a couple times. (laughs) I didn't want to blame mine for the (laughs) round today. Well, Nick, you're, you're in Kansas City. I am right now i can't believe it and uh maybe everybody wants to know why you're here i mean you know dick and i have guests from kansas city and occasionally from la because that's about the only places that we're allowed i I think so yeah the time hasn't run out yet on dick and i both have spent time in la so we meet interesting people there and i met nick out here but nick you're here what's going on well i came here to uh announce last night uh the release of a movie that i directed called gosnell which is a a movie about the uh, abortion doctor kermit gosnell who was uh convicted of murder in 2013 for killing live babies it's it's a comedy uh it's (laughs) There's a lot of songs. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, I came in to yesterday to kind of make the announcement at the National Right to Life Convention, which was here in Kansas City. And I did that because I figured that would get me a lot more work in Hollywood. Yeah, Yo, uh, you're going to be busy yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to love that. Yeah, is that, they, is that yeah. your phone? I think that's your phone going off. Yeah. <laughs> um, when and where would we see this film? It's going to be released in 750 theaters nationwide October 12th. So they're going to... Okay started off in targeted areas where uh, they think the film will do well and hopefully grow it from there. But uh, yeah, be looking for it. There's going to be a lot of publicity about it. And it also needs to, we need a lot of word of mouth because they don't have a lot of, uh, don't have a lot of a marketing budget. Sure. So this will be opening in Boulder and West Hollywood. (laughs) 
Yes, San Francisco. San Francisco. Berkeley. Okay. Berkeley's okay. big. Berkeley's mm. going to be a big audience for it. Mostly, you know, it's it's really, there's a lot of places in California it's opening. It's opening in Kansas City. It's opening in Houston and Dallas and the southeast. A lot of places in the southeast to start with. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, and that's, you know, I have the privilege. We played last week in um, Children's Charity in Lexington, Kentucky, and mm-hmm. Johnny Bench and Matthew Mitchell and all them guys. Great time and all, too. And we were sitting around talking, and Nick had mentioned God. I, I never, never heard of him. All too. I, he, I thought he said God. You know, he's talking about God's nail. And I yeah. said that sounds like a good documentary and all. Remember, I asked. I <laughs> yeah. said that is a documentary. <laughs> and then I finally he explained a little bit because we was at was a function going on, and I just started googling it. And then once you get into it. It's pretty deep. I mean, it's kind of horrifying, all yeah. too, so to speak. I wound up getting the book. By the time I came back, my wife and all, we coming back from Lexington. Mm-hmm. Half of the book, I've read half of the book. I'm just about almost completed. And it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of horrifying and all. You know, some of the things that was taking place. And then, personally for me, and I always tell people, I'm a lifeaholic, you know, a passion for life. And that was just the complete opposite, you know, what was taking place. Oh, yeah, and sure. And I, and... When you told me about it, and this didn't happen a long time ago. I mean, what, four or five years ago? He was convicted in 2013, but he'd been doing it for 27 years. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'd never, and he's from Philadelphia. I'm from Camden, New Jersey. Never heard anything about it. And, you know, I've been talking to some of the friends around here, and they never heard of it and all, too. And I think, like you were saying. Yeah, it's part of the story is that the media would not cover the trial because they were afraid of uh, the the. The facts of what he did were, uh, they were afraid that if they revealed those to the public or made too much of it, that it would somehow benefit the pro-life movement. Wow. So, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than sort of having to confront those issues, they just sort of like, let's pretend this trial's not going on. Let's not cover it. What's the message you hope people get out of this film? Well, the film is not, um, uh, it's not a diatribe. It's not preachy. Uh, All I want people to do is just confront the facts of, of of what happened and let them make their own decision about mm-hmm. it. I mean, that was what we, that was what I felt very strongly going in is that we did not need to dress this, dress this story up at all or tell people what to think about it. What we needed to do was just show them what happened. And no matter what side of the issue you're on, I mean, I always thought this film would be a, a, a kind of a common ground. No matter what side of the issue you're on, you got to admit that this stuff is beyond the pale. And when you confront that this stuff is beyond the pale and you, part of the movie is sh- telling about what a legal abortion is and describing the difference between what he did and what a legal abortion is. And when I first read the script, I realized how much I did not know about what an actual legal abortion is. And that was what was shocking to me. And that's, that's sort of why I felt so strongly about being part of the movie is yeah. I, I think people, you're going to talk about that issue let's talk about what it is you know let's not pretend it's something else it is this you know well now in these screenings there have been some uh private screenings of the film and i've seen some of the reactions it's very very intense and people really just are enthralled by this film yeah because it's new information to a lot of people and it's it's important information you know it's 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 information that you need to know yeah, I was going to say, you know, even the book, you know, I was reading the book and all, it was taken from a journal's perspective. It wasn't taken from any side or whatever. And the facts were just, when you listen to it and when you read it and all, it's just facts. I mean, it's facts on the record and all, and you can't argue the facts and all, too. Yeah. And like you said, too, in reference to the procedure, no matter if it's legal or, or illegal, it is, I mean... I don't think people understand the process and all, too. And I think once people understand the process, and I I got five girls, six boys, and I got 18 grandkids. And then you see all the things going on, young ones nowadays and all, too. You just kind of, young ones that maybe had the opportunity of maybe doing something great, you know, this process is. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's enough people out there and all, too, that, Man, you know, one way you can work through these issues that we're talking about in a civilized, well, I'm asking you to use the word civilized manner, but 
you know, in reference, there's a lot of people, man, that would adopt and do things like that and all mm-hmm. too, young sure. ones and all that. Well, you kind of buzzed by that, but I wanted to just make sure people heard that, right? <laughs> Art still has 11 kids. Oh, yeah. no, and, and, and I'm just halfway there. I'm just getting back in shape. I was running. That's why I was playing golf. You see me running the hills? I still got the second half of the season coming up. That's <laughs> right, because you're going for 15, right? No, um, 22. I only got 11. I only got the first part of the mm-hmm. team. I just got the offense. I'm going for the defense. <laughs> Except I'm not the coach, though. <laughs> Boss lady is the coach. I'm like, I'm, I'm the equipment manager. You're the offensive coordinator. No, I'm the equipment man. I ain't, I'm, I'm not in it. I'm down there. I, I just clean the locker rooms up and all, man. Clean the well, Nick, directing is just a small part of what you do. This is your, uh, by the way, this you've directed other films, right? Yeah, I've directed a couple of music videos, and I direct, directed a film 20 years ago. Um, which won a bunch of film festivals and I you know it was so much work that it took me 20 years to even try it again after I directed I went I like that little job where I had a few lines and I sat in the trailer and griped about craft service and well if this isn't bizarre enough the music video I believe it was Rodney Carrington that pulled you in into that back yeah. into it right yeah i did a music video for rodney carrington some of our uh, uh listeners might be familiar with rodney carrington the the great comedian singer out of out tulsa of tulsa yeah uh who had a show on abc for two seasons called rodney yes and yep. you played his best friend i did i did he he had a best friend in real life named barry who was uh 10 years older than him and traveled with him and uh I got to play Barry and got to know Rodney pretty well. Well, that's that's quite an interesting man. We had we had a ball. We had a ball. You've got this best friend thing down, don't you? Yeah. I just uh, pulled up Castaway with Tom Hanks last night, and there you are as his best friend, Stan. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I do. I stand beside the star. (laughs) I said at one point there was a Tom was doing this whole diatribe and they did a quick shot of uh, of Nick uh, paying attention. Yeah, that's what what I do mostly. I pay attention. (laughs) That's my role. That was cool. (laughs) So acting and directing and writing, you've got a you've got some projects out there that you have written right yeah i'm, I'm uh, hoping that uh, when gosnell's released and we make millions of dollars i've got another film that i want to direct uh, lined up uh, that a friend of mine and i wrote about gospel quartet music in the 60s which is a very really? hot topic right now really? i don't know if wow. you're not aware of that but no that's yeah <laughs> You that didn't know that, Dick? That, 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 that comes with the half pint of Thunderbird, don't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, right. how that's, that's how it got started on the corners, man, back that's in right. New Jersey, man. That's right. <laughs> Tell me about uh, something that everybody needs to get on YouTube and see, and that's uh, the, the acting school. Oh, hi, and thanks for coming to acting school. I'm Nick Searcy. You knew that. Well, Acting School with Nick Searcy is a series of 10 YouTube videos that I did as a public service, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just so that people would know how to behave when they met an international film and television star like myself sure. so that they wouldn't embarrass themselves and, yeah. you know, just know that how to treat me with the deference that I'm worthy of. It also means that over 99% of actors never, ever possess the thing that I have that I'm about to show you, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm pretty damn proud of it. And I'm talking about my parking space. And so that's why that's why I did these videos. Well, you know, you're supposed to say that's for community service hours, and you need some community service hours on that one. <laughs> yeah, he's pre-booking them, so in case yeah, yeah. anything happens, yeah. yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of wearing yeah. orange jumpsuit up on 64 or 70 and all. Man, well, I, I watched the one about the parking spot. Yes. Where you beat up the, the guy with no legs. Wow. Well, he parked it, you know. He why did. can't we all just get along? Well, yeah. He parked in my parking space. He deserved it. That's right. And if you know anything about Hollywood, if you have a parking space at a studio with your name on it and somebody parks in it, that is, that's that's just not done. Wow. Well, what brings you back here to my parking space, Brian Anderson? You looking for an autograph or something? No, actually, we were done, and they told me to come out back by the handicapped parking spot to pick me up. What? By, by this handicapped spot? Well, yeah, they said it was the only one. <laughs> no, there must be some mistake. See, this is my parking spot, see? It has my name on it. And, you know, this guy was an Iraq War veteran, Purple Heart, 
He's a he's a friend of mine now, you know, Brian Anderson. Oh, you know? talking about Brian? Brian. No, he came back and whooped you, didn't he? No, no, no. That's no, that's not true. Yeah, that was, another, like that was another episode. That was, huh? that was not true? No, that's not true. <laughs> oh, Brian, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm being attacked. Help. I'm talent. Oh, I'm going to help. Help. No, he had a bunch of guys with him, and, you know, those guys sort of ganged up on me. So, but no, <laughs> oh, I, that's I was, was really about to put a a serious ass whooping on Brian before yeah. his buddy showed up. <laughs> you better be glad they came when they did, Brian Anderson. I was about to whoop that ass. Ah, you learn when you mess with a soldier. Well, you learn what happens when you mess with an actor's parking space, you bastard. Yeah, that's right. Now, Brian's a good man, too. Brian's great. Well, one more thing about Brian. It's like when I wrote that episode, you know, it, originally, I, you know, it, the idea was to have a, a wounded veteran who parked in my space. And yeah. we were just going to get in an argument. And my friend Gary Sinise, and, and he helped me find Brian. He said, you should talk to Brian. And so when I talked to him on the phone, I told him the idea. And he said, well, have you seen my website? And I said, no. And he said, well, I can do flips. You know, we could really, I'm pretty physical. We wow. could wrestle. You know, and I said, well, I'll, you just get ready for an ass whooping then. That's, <laughs> Whoa. That's what it's going to be. He got and a hold of the right guy when he said oh, wrestle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Brian, hey, got a lot of, I mean, I, he's got a lot of skills, as I would say, you know, yeah. man, too. Well, Brian's great, and uh, yeah, you should uh, you should definitely go if you haven't seen it. It's episode six yep. called Space Time. Hey, these teeth are capped. They're very expensive. Come back anytime. Park anywhere except for my space. And it's Brian Anderson it's versus Nick Cersei. Well, you've wrestled before. I mean, I hate to get off of the, the Nick Cersei acting school from the other thing and the writing and the directing and the producing. I mean... Yes, Let's, I have experience in the wrestling ring. You yeah. are a... Really? Yes. Yeah. I participated in a Ring of Honor. I don't know if you've heard of Ring of Honor. It's a sort no, of... I thought, I thought out in Hollywood they call that uh, Mel Bonnie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, they do. But that's not the kind of wrestling that <laughs> oh, I... Oh, okay. My, I got it all confused, man. My, been, I'm a I've professional been I've been watching the golf channel too much. <laughs> Morning drive. But I did a I did a Ring of Honor pay per view event in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, with Matt Hardy. Wow! Uh, about oh, four years okay. ago, okay. where I basically was his manager, and I walked him to the ring, and I got involved. And you're a of, you're a heel, aren't you? I'm I was kind of a heel, you know, okay. which is a very unnatural. You know, I'm basically a baby face in real life, but mm -hmm. in the wrestling ring, I play a heel. I see. The the wrestling deal uh, kind of. God, here we are jumping around again, but you know, it's because it's Nick Cersei. Oh, yeah. And there's just you, so much to talk there about. There is you no boundary yeah. on this Master guy. No. You can't Nick, pin him down. No. He, no. he actually, just as a sideline, just something to do this year, earlier, I guess, maybe it was last year. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, Christmas holiday. Christmas last year. holiday. He, uh, he has never done radio before, he never did a podcast. So. So he just thought he'd take this little gig, and he filled in for Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> so was, the yeah. only star, the only actor, the only non-radio <clears throat> political, I mean, you took the reins. You, you sat at the largest radio show in the world, Yeah, and I you shared something that I was astounded. I thought it was probably the coolest thing I've heard in ages we just called it the allegory <laughs> you explained to rush's listeners in a way i dare say even rush had not really explained the trump phenomenon hmm. <laughs> and well, yes. you did this in wrestling terms i don't know if you have the energy to give us uh, a little version of the the well, wrestling allegory, but if you do, just people in, need to hear this. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, people don't understand Trump's appeal. And the, what I presented to them was that Trump was basically a wrestling heel. That basically, in the old days of wrestling, it used to be that the bad guys cheated and the baby faces, the good guys, kind of lost. They just sort of let the guys cheat and then they didn't fight back on those terms. Mm -hmm. But Trump is more like the modern wrestling heel, which started with Steve Austin, when Steve Austin started coming out and basically using heel tactics against the good guy wrestlers. Instead of being hit with the steel chair, he would pick up the steel chair and hit them back. Of course, the audience went crazy. And that's what Trump is. Trump is the heel. He doesn't, he doesn't wait for the, the bad guy wrestlers to hit him. 
he enters the ring with the steel chair and just starts whopping people in the head and he cheats from the beginning he's just like he's a heel and of course the modern audience which is now more they're they're more concerned with results than they are with like who's doing things the right way they're they're responding to trump because he's winning he comes in and he cheats just as badly as the other guys cheat but he wins and so that's 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 the analogy in the so it's all yeah. that pent up frustration from watching that wrestler uh, watching these people cheat and yeah. and i think you said they, so they brought out like Nancy Pelosi and all these other heels. Yeah. And everybody, and the referee was just looking the other way. Right. And they were just whacking away. And yeah. And, and, the, and the, the the Republicans of that time before Trump were just sort of taking the chair shots and the brass knuckles to the mouth and all that while the ref wasn't looking and going, well, we're above all that and we're not going to fight back on those terms because we're better than they are. But Trump's like, nah, I'm not better than they are. I'll hit them back just as hard as they hit me. I don't care. <laughs> That's the story. Yeah. So true. That's true, yeah. So you came from Cullowee. Is that, did I pronounce that Cullowee, right? Cullowee, North Carolina. Cullowee, North yeah. Carolina. What was the uh, the trip? Uh, how did this happen? Cullowee to what? New York to Hollywood? Is that the way it went? Yeah, pretty much. I decided I wanted to be an actor, and so... After college, I moved to New York City and lived there for seven years and did a lot of plays and worked a lot of odd jobs and took some acting lessons and just sort of... Which restaurant were you at? <laughs> I was a terrible waiter. I never were was you? a waiter. Okay. I was right. a lim- I'm a limousine driver oh. and then I uh, hung wallpaper for a while and then I was, a, I was a legal proofreader. That was how I really made the bulk of my living. Wow. Was like, okay. Back then, you could, you could proofread overnight and like work mm-hmm. from 11 p.m. to 7 in the morning and then you could go to auditions and then you could sleep after so your that. typical actor you were a legal proofreader <laughs> that's right, that's right. And, <laughs> and back in Cullowee your parents were in the restaurant business right yeah yeah and one time I heard this thing I it was so good Nick's a musician too really yes and you I had an act what was your band called Nick Fear the most terrifying name in rock and roll <laughs> You didn't know you were with Nick Fear, did you? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then you know we we were also known as a band gone mad with its own power. You know, like superheroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we did a jingle for my parents' restaurant, which is what we're always referring to. If you're feeling hungry and you need a good meal quick, come down to the Parkway where you can have your pick. Of seafood, Steaks. fresh vegetables, and specials every day. Best homemade pies in the whole wide world. Best coffee in the USA. Best coffee in the USA. Wow. That's good. I think I'm yeah. going down there right now. Yeah, that's man, like that best number coffee yeah. in the USA. I'm going to Disneyland man, after that one. Best hey, coffee in the say, USA. And that was before they had all that fancy candy ass oh coffee. yeah no this was jfg <laughs> coffee hey i thought i was sitting next to Jimi hendrix <laughs> yeah. i thought you gonna sing a little purple haze uh-huh. after that well movie. the instrumentation on that song that's my best one of my best friends is andy york who plays uh, guitar for john mellencamp now there's one little thing we've overlooked here so far uh that's a tv show that you did a uh, kind of a cowboy thing called justified I've heard of it. Do you remember that? I remember it, yeah, vaguely. Well, all I know is I looked up last night. I was going to play a, a, a you know, a segment or two and, and see what you did on that a little bit more. And I got online on the cable, and they were charging thirty four ninety nine per episode to watch it. 
Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know if I can get that back from Nick tomorrow <laughs> or win that from him on the golf course. So well, I didn't see it. So just so you know, every time you pay thirty four ninety nine for an episode, I only get about thirty bucks. Oh, do you? So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give me that. Give me that thirty second uh, synopsis of Justify <laughs> that you did online one time. Oh gosh, Justified was about this uh, was about this very dignified and handsome chief deputy who had this very unruly marshal named Raylan Givens, mm-hmm. and then there were some bad guy stuff and a lot of other stuff that I really didn't read because I didn't have any of those lines. Okay, so sure, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, this was my this was my link I wanted to bring on. You know, we said he was in Castaway earlier with Tom Hanks, and my last name is Wilson, and so there's some kind of cosmic thing going on there, too. That that damn Wilson, he had more close-ups than I did in that <laughs> he movie. He did, didn't he? <laughs> he was a better friend to Tom than I was. Yep, Dick was out there. Dick was out there uh, probably doing a game show or something. Yeah, I was the game show. I went the game show route, so. Oh, um, that's right, yeah. <clears throat> what, um, what kind of show? Game? Well, this isn't about me. Okay. I mean, it can be if we want to like turn the I tape. Thought maybe you was but, talk, well, yeah, we can but, take a sideline from yeah, talking about, about me for a moment. Yeah. And, um, teas that we use. I you said a game show host. Uh-huh. I well, I don't want to throw too much around, but <laughs> I've gone to the bathroom in Dick Clark's Malibu uh, wow. house. Wow, yeah. that's a little too much mm-hmm. for the kids. Mm-hmm. Many missed. Yeah. I may have yeah. closed my ears on that one. Wait, man. wait. Wow. Number one or number two? It was a one. It was one. It was one. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't drop the mother look. I didn't leave any DNA as far as I know. <laughs> if you yeah. did that, man, you own the house. Well, I should probably. The arms would have went off, and the people would say, "Hey, you can have it." Probably should, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the big deal there. Okay, we need to Heimlich Lloyd here. <laughs> we almost killed Lloyd with that one. We almost killed Lloyd. Oh, oh, God, <laughs> you can't be sucking an ass when you got to blow the smoke out once in a while. Yeah. Thanks, Art. What areas have we not examined in the Nick Searcy uh, empire yet? Anything else? Well, uh, my my uh, my daughter is now in the business. Really? Out in California. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, cool. 28 years old. She's working as a writer and uh, working right now on a show called Sneaky Pete, which uh, I hear is good. I've heard of that? Yeah. I hear it's good. I'm not in it, so I don't watch it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but she also, it's she, she just. Uh, She's doing very well. She sold a movie to a, a network a couple weeks ago. That which, is a big deal. Which is a big deal. And she gets so, all of her talents from the mother's side of the family. Directly. That's right. She gets Well, she gets her looks from me and her uh, range from me. And the other outside, stuff she gets yeah. from All from the bad Leslie. stuff. Yeah, yeah. she gets her. I the same issue. And that's Chloe. And is she going to use your name? Yeah, I, so far. So far she has. And uh, nobody's made the connection yet. And okay. uh, hope you know, lucky for her. So, no, she's doing very well. She's very and, talented, yeah. And my son Omar has just uh, graduated from high school and is uh, getting ready to go to college and play some basketball. So cool. Yeah. And he's a talented lad. <laughs> he is. He's, he is. He's a bit he's, of a dancer, he, actually. He is quite the dancer. Would you give us uh, just a a short list of some of the celebrities that live on your street out in L.A.? Um, well, actually. There is one, uh, David Eigenberg, who's not really a celebrity. Not, I mean, he's not like me. Yeah, but you well, know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's on that show, Chicago Fire. I oh, guess. okay, gotcha. And he was okay. on Sex in the City and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay, and, you know, he does very well. Um, do you have someone mow your lawn for you out in L.A., or do you do that oh, yourself? Yes. No, no. I, it's, you? I, it's against the law to mow your own lawn. I, I, thought, thought, I yeah. thought there was well, some sort of stipulation. It, if you mow out there, it can't have no gas, and it's got to be electric. Right. You want right. Okay. Right. It, well, that's, you know, you have, to have, you have to have people with push mowers. You know, you can't, you, there's no engines allowed. Yeah, those little things, the blades I thought I, last time I was there, I saw someone with a scythe. Yes, right. Yeah, we like it all done. You know, usually I don't let them use tools at all. They yep. just have to sort mm-hmm. of pinch the grass off. Yep. No, 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 you got to talk to it first and let it know that you're going to spend some time with it. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm going to hug you up. I'm going to hug you till you die. Right. Now, one other quick thing. I'm just trying to, you know, uh, examine the real Nick Searcy here. Um, your swimming pool, salt water or fresh water? We had salt water for a while, but uh, it became a little bit, uh, it, it was too salty. Yeah. And so we, we went back to the traditional. Did you? Okay. All right, good. Yeah, you put, you put mm-hmm. potatoes in there, too, so just mm-hmm. remind you back home in the hills of 
You know, yeah. Make yes. your own little, little well, we grow tomato plants all around it, you know. So yeah. Now you but. have a tangerine and a lime tree in your yard, right? Yes, and an avocado tree. Do you? Oh, yeah. really? A okay. avocado? Was that from? An avocado. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's different than an avocado. Oh, it's, so uh, it's kind of like not avocado. Of okay. Yeah, not, yeah. not real avocado. And we have a lemon tree. And we have a money tree. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. no, not it, really. It oh, just okay. seems like that because I'm so rich. But. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Loy was out in L.A. a few days ago. I know you guys hooked up out there and kind yeah. of got together. Well, I wouldn't. No, we <laughs> yeah, didn't. I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, but right. um, we we saw right. each other. Wow. I mean, you know. You know, I know Loy, the Kansas City guy. What is Loy, the L.A. guy, like? He is a uh, a, a rollicking voiceover entrepreneur is he? who okay. uh, hangs mm-hmm. out with other mm-hmm. voiceover entrepreneurs many of whom are you know aging washed up actors sure uh, okay. who are now making their living doing voiceover and yeah. they mm-hmm. don't quite know what to make of Lloyd because he doesn't he's not cut from that cloth well that's true he just comes into town like a stealth guy right yeah. picks up some jobs and leaves and he got hey and he got the looks Mm-hmm. I do have the I do have the Hollywood kind of look. He has a face for radio, <laughs> and I uh, I get all the voiceover gigs from everybody who's not from New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. If a script comes in and it's for a Appalachian hillbilly, okay, or somebody from Wisconsin, or somebody from Texas, it doesn't matter. It's all flyover country to the casting people and they go give it to Loy he'll read it he's from there (laughs) he's from out there somewhere or down there yeah over there so if they say can you do somebody from Cullowee I go yeah I can nail that (laughs) (laughs) and that's because of me that's right I've been studying that voice well uh, Loy's Big million dollars is it going to come from Longhorn Leghorn or what is it? Uh, mm-hmm. What's that cartoon mm-hmm. character? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I can't talk about that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Warner Brothers doesn't like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. They like it to remain a mystery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody to know. <coughs> they don't want that face out there. Nope. Well, it's been a, a pleasure having Nick with us. I, I want to make sure we're not missing anything. Um, oh, I can't any, think of anything, anything else that you can't tell except us, except for the fact that I was in two Academy Award-nominated movies this year. This year, uh, nominated for Best Picture, Shape yeah. of Water. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. I saw that with my SAG after a free copy to vote in the SAG after awards, oh. but I don't remember where you were in that. I was the big bad general that came in and said, "Kill that thing!" Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, sure. I remember that. <laughs> All right, cool. What was the other one? Three billboards. Oh, Three oh billboards. yeah, that was uh, a good one too. And your your character in there was? I was a priest that that got cursed out by Francis McDormand. Oh, I, I was sitting cool. in her living. Room. And that was count. that was like a little cameo. But the reason that happened is that movie was shot in my hometown, in Silva, North Carolina. Oh really? And it's illegal for people to make a movie in Silva, North Carolina that I'm not in. So <laughs> that's a town ordinance that was passed some years ago. I love that. So mm-hmm. you, were you a Catholic priest? Yes, I was. Okay, well, you played another minister, too, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, not a Catholic minister. That, no, I mean... Uh, uh, that was back in New York when no one would hire me. You're going way back I'm going way back, but... I mean, it, I had a one-man show called Reverend Jimmy Lee Curtis's Hour of Awesome Power, which was about a street evangelist who was preaching indoors for the first time. So, you don't remember any of uh, the jewels from that, do you? Like, uh, like, did you have people come up on crutches or anything? Or I remember had all these heckling, you know, like if people heckled me, if they talked back to me, I had all these lines stored up. And I, I think one that I remember was, you know, well, you think that's funny, do you? You think this is funny? Well, it's not going to be so funny someday when you wake up in hell and Satan rips your head off and blows fire down your neck hole. Wow. <laughs> they, they ain't got medication for that problem. I think he, uh, Dr. Phil could work a few little bit. I think oh, really? Well, you think that's funny, do you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, it won't be too funny when Satan busts through the wall back here and jams his pitchfork up your behind and takes wow. you down to hell without even letting you die. Wow. And don't think it can't happen, because yeah, I've seen that's it. That's right. Wow. That's right. Well, my hemorrhoids, are feeling, my hemorrhoids are feeling so much better already. Now I have to sit on a bag of ice no more.
He's, no, I, I he's hooping. I did. Oh yeah, hey, I'm flowing right now. Oh, you flowing? Well, you know, constipated people don't, don't give a crap anyhow. That's right. <laughs> but I did used to get an awful lot of crazy things in the collection plate when I did that show. Oh, I'll bet so. People would give me condoms and you know some kinds of stuff. Uh, that would be an. Oh, you think this is funny, don't you? <laughs> Can we still see those? Are they still floating around in, no, in, in the that social was, that world? No, that was a, that was a one-man show that was uh, I did for three years, and I made about maybe a total of about eight hundred dollars. Okay, I'm saying, but that'd be something to bring back. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it might be fun to have a sixty-year-old Reverend Jimmy Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> he was always, uh, you know, when I did it, I was in my twenties. Let's talk to our uh, our host. I'd like to. Uh, we're going to invite Nick to be uh, one of our hosts here as we interview Art Still for a moment. Oh, okay. You remember Art Still? Yes. Art, Arthur Barry. Arthur Barry Still. I have his uh, his card in from uh, in front of me. This is Still Still for Life. Is that right? He's throwing gang signs. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Oh man, back <laughs> off. Um, I went to North. There you go. Still number four life.com. Okay, gotcha. Tell us about this thing and, and what you're doing. You're working with some football teams and all kinds of stuff, aren't you? As Nick was saying, you know, I was pretty fortunate as far as having the opportunity playing with the Chiefs, you know, for about 10 years, a couple years up in Buffalo. So, you, you know, the aftermath of that, you know, a lot of people invite you to a lot of functions where they raise money and mm -hmm. awareness of issues and problems within our community and all, too. So, I've been involved with that. Also, with Still for Life, I work along. I got another partner, um, Greg Justice. He's of AYC and stuff. We co-author a book called uh, Mind Overhead Chatter. You know, we have it's a six-week program and all. Not only the book, but also it's a program, a six-week program, and we have the app that goes along with it. But it helps, you know, young ones to appreciate what they learn in organized sports. Okay. You know, a lot of times, yeah. you know, within. This, you know, some sports and all, and you know, just like even with football, are starting to get a bad name, so to speak, and all. And everything has its pros and its cons. But one of the nice things with football or any other organized sports, you learn the soft skills, especially kids are not learning today. You think about within the home environment, back when I was growing up, probably when all was growing up, usually had our mother was home. And she directed us and all, too. And that was only, you know, we learned a lot of soft skills there as far as working together as a family, chores and those types of things. But nowadays, you know, both parents working, you're not getting that type of instruction. The kids are not learning those soft skills. So one of the places you learn it is organized sports and all. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the things we find out, too, one of the most important persons in a child's life, especially in mine, would be a coach. So all these things, you know, we're trying to incorporate as far as working along with the school system and different sports and all, too, of, you know, acknowledging, you know, teamwork, you know, perseverance. You know, when you fall, you got to get back up. You know, all these things that you learn working together. And, and one of the most important things is having a good support system and all, which could be your parents, you know, positive people within the community and all, your teachers or whatever. So, which Very cool. personally for myself, you know, I, I can speak for myself. I wish it was out back when I was growing up and all too. But again, yeah. it's something as we learn, we pass on and all too. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that's great stuff, Art. Yeah. Where did you play? If you don't mind me asking, where did you play before the Chiefs? Where well, did you play college? Did well, you play? I had. I'm from Camden, New Jersey, right across from Philadelphia. You got the hat on. Yeah. Got the police hat on. I, every time I see it, I put my hands up in the wall, man. I say, hey, save me. No, um, I went to Camden High School. I was pretty fortunate of getting a scholarship at the University of Kentucky. Highest academic university on the side of Mississippi. And then got drafted back in 1978. You guys remember Earl Cam? I got drafted right behind Earl. Oh, wow. Went to the Kansas City Chiefs for 10 years and played up in Buffalo. And then, like I said, after that, I was trying to fill the world, you know, replace the world. So I had five girls, six boys, and yeah. still working on that right now. Yeah. 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 Lower back problems, that's why, you know, <laughs> that's why I'm here today and all, to get some yeah. advice from, from the experts at the table here. Well, there's a webpage. You can check it out, still4life.com, still4life.com. And how many yeah. schools you're working with at the moment? Um, right now. 
our, our book just came out about three months ago. Okay. So now we're getting out in front of folks and all. We just started for Fort Sage and Independence sure. and all. Yeah. And we're just getting information out because one of the problems, too, within the school system and all, they don't have the fundings and all, too. So what we're doing, too, is marketing, working along with corporate sponsors and all so that exactly and, and and for me just always tell people you know, i'm i'm a lifeaholic so to speak you know I, my passions for life and all so my life just like with nick and all you know he don't you, you don't have that much money do you man you just living off you just i'm living off the government yeah yeah same here <laughs> yeah. and so the thing is <laughs> you <too>. know <laughs> hey hey free willy and give send money please mm, no yeah. but um you know life is about helping others and all especially young ones and also that's that's what my life's centered around. Right Very good. Now, is your book something that, like, say, a young athlete that maybe has is getting ready to go into college? I would, yeah, is, is, I would, and that's that's what it's geared towards. Not only college and all, but more so helping young ones, maybe in junior high, high school. We got like two or three programs and all for different age groups. But the nice thing about it is it talks on subjects and all that you know. Even the juniors and seniors when they're in that leadership position, as far as with the sports, whatever, there's things, qualities that we need to know about and have an understanding. And then along with the coaches and all, all working together with the same goal in mind, not only for the sports side, but more so those are going to take them to the real life, the big game, you know, which is life and all too, as far as being able to work in the workplace, entrepreneurs, and you go on and on. And I think part of the situation, because we learn the soft skills within the school system is in the creative arts. Uh, musician and all, and they're cutting back a lot of those things and all, too. Well, we've got enough actors and musicians, you mm -hmm. know. Everybody well, out there that's yeah. thinking about going into that should just stop right now. We have enough. Oh, you yeah. know? Okay. We're full. WWE, man. No, <laughs> no I, I can't get work as it is. We got plenty of actors. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> Let's cut that part out there and all, too. Yeah. yeah well, but, hey, you Nick, know, I, Nick I was, will let us know when we need more actors. Right. I was, hey, I was watching, um, and, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't push any shows, but, like, on HBO they had a show sports show and all and they was talking about Dean I'm trying to think of his name but he's an entrepreneur inventor and all my scene that was pretty exciting because it was some of the guys were ball players in high school they encourage young ones to get into engineering robots and those types of mm -hmm, things sure. matter of fact they have the world championship deal just came up in Houston just recently and I thought that was pretty unique because it's the same thing is that team setting, working together, creating something that's going to make a difference, you know, within our community and all. Excellent. And just I'd like to throw in that the star of Gosnell is Dean Kane, who played football for one year. Oh, yeah. really? Played professional football. Oh, cool. See how that all, you see how that all messes in it there? It just all came right in. We're with the great art still, the, the fabulous Hollywood actor, Nick Searcy. Dick Wilson, this is Loy Edge. We are having a blast. We're going to go. Dick, should we go down and get a quick cocktail in the lounge Let's and then down come and back and, yeah. and talk to uh, yeah, well, Kendall Culbertson. Need a little break and they'll find out more about the outlaw here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. Well, all right, I don't drink. Good. What am I going to do? Uh, oh, just yeah. here, carry my cigar. Oh, it's you guys. Oh, Dick and Dick. Uh, my name is Loy. That's what I said. Hey, Kojak, make yourself useful. Give me some Jack. Yes, sir. I'm doing a song about the heat here. What do you do for fun around here? Stick to your chair? Hit it, boys. The summer heat Don't skip a beat In old Casey town Ain't no spring It's the damnedest thing How it just won't cool down All summer long I'll sing this song About how great this weather ain't My main complaint Is your summer heat Like these mosquito bites These days and nights They go dragging by 
sun beats down on this freaking town Till you wanna die The crime runs amok Plus the royals suck When the thermostat goes red Plus I burn my head In your summer heat Too much summer heat Lousy summer heat Hey, well, that was great. A great song. Uh, once again, Frank, thanks for being with us. We appreciate that. All right. Dick, I don't know about that guy. I don't man. either, yeah. Boy, what a great place we're at here. Huh? Isn't this cool? I love it. This It's the Outlaw South. It's uh, 137th and Metcalf. And if you haven't been here, this is like the world's largest man cave. It's a fantastic place. Big squishy chairs and TVs and all kinds of fun artwork and things to look at. And it's all the brainchild of Kendall Culbertson, who I I think has two, at least two other places in town. He's a high-tech entrepreneur who has gotten into a lot of other interesting things lately. Kendall Thanks for having us, man. This is a great place. Yeah, baby. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How did you get into the cigar business? I'll tell you what. I was in the IT business, and uh, all I could figure out is my customers were always pissed. My employees were always pissed. I had to find a business that everybody loved being there. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. This is the business, and if you think about it, there is no other business where everybody's constantly thanking you for being there. This is it. We're the only place where an old guy can go hang out and enjoy camaraderie with other guys. And it is busy all the time. I mean, there are a bunch of great characters in this place and plenty of stuff to do. You got card games going on. You got, you know, a, a, a bar to sit at and a lot of TV. A, a gigantic humidor filled with great products. Some of it is your own product. Correct. Tell us about that. You make cigars. Yeah, I'll tell you, I spent uh, about eight years going down to Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican Republic. I'd go every month, spend a week there, and blend with the, the greatest blenders um, in the world. Uh, generally speaking, they're Cuban guys, and so I learned from the best. And after about three years of studying the art of blending, um, I started coming out with my own cigars. Now I have a national brand called Gunslinger Cigar. I'll be darned. Well, that is and phenomenal. And you had another brand that yeah. you developed and sold and they were wonderful and now you're into your second uh product line gunslinger and tell us about where where are these available i mean how, how's that going well we Give saw us an idea about how in the world do you have your own cigar line and how do they get sold who's smoking them where do they go well, i'll tell you we sell them to cigar stores all over the country so you just go to your local cigar store to uh, look these things up but because of overburdensome regulation by the FDA and the US government. Uh, I'm probably not in business but another couple of years having my own brand because the FDA is basically shutting down 75% of the manufacturers. Really? So right now I'm uh, you know I'm going strong but uh, I see the the end in sight for me so I'm branching out and so the next cigar store that I'm, I'm now getting ready to uh, getting ready to build the building we're got the pad site ready to go um, we're doing uh, a brewery, a distillery, and then I'm putting in some golf simulators to just try to give the guys something more to do than just sit around and talk. We've got some activities we can do. Are you making craft beer? Are you making vodka? What are you making? Craft beer as well as whiskeys. Okay. All yeah. right. Now, have you got a name for all that? Uh, it's going to be Outlaw Cigar Brewing. Okay. I'm going to stick with the same name. Well, you've definitely got a, a heck of a reputation going. So you've it's got gonna three be a stores blast. going great guns. and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. What is the problem that the FDA has? Well, the very first law that Obama signed in to, uh, when he got into office was in his first 30 days. Mm -hmm. It was a holdover law that Bush said he would veto, and it was the child health care. Um, it's known as S-CHIP. Well, that gave the FDA full regulation control over all tobacco. And so the FDA's mandate was to find 
those areas where kids were getting tobacco. And they deemed that cigar stores were a place that kids were getting tobacco. Oh. We all know that's not true. You have to be 21 to come in my store, yeah. uh, where the federal law is 18. Okay. Uh, but they decided that, and so they decided to regulate. And so to have a blend, so one cigar, so for me, say my black powder cigar, um, is $330,000 to get through all the testing process with the wow. FDA. August of 2021 is when everything is fully in effect and everybody will be out of business that cannot afford 350000 per blend. Wow. So you say a couple of years. Uh, will this building become a Cheddar's restaurant again, or what do you think? No, cigar business will still survive. Yeah. Uh, so cigar stores, will, I'll still be here as a cigar store, okay. but, but we won't have much options in terms of cigars to smoke. I see. Uh, 75% of everything that's on the shelf will be gone. Oh, wow. So we'll have to smoke, you know, the old brands, because everything was grandfathered pre-2007, as if it's different tobacco, because it's all the same tobacco. So if you made your cigars before 2007, they deem those to be fine. So are people buying these up and, and saving them as collector's items? Or? Well, the, the American consumer is not very aware of this mm -hmm. issue. Um, you know, we make our customers aware. Of course, they write the letters to the Congress and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the people are just, in America, we kind of have that euphoria that nothing bad's going to happen to me. The mm -hmm. feds aren't ever going to do anything to me that I enjoy. But the reality is it's going to be a big change for everybody. So this is another case of one of these regulatory agencies grossly overplaying their hand. They're forcing this industry into consolidation, which is bad for everybody. Right except for a handful of global concerns. That's right. The big guys like this. The little guys are going to be gone. Uh, and it's very sad because the reality is um, people that understand what's going on in Washington, they don't like it, but they're just not aware of it. I'm sure that Trump is not aware of this overburdensome regulation. If he was, I think he'd put a stop to it. Well, let's hope that that Where's the new, gets Where's the new location you're working on? Where, where can we find it's, that? It's going to be off 635 down by the Argosy Casino right on the highway. I have three and a half acres. We'll have outdoor putting, okay. driving range. I'm going to have a full golf school there. Um, so we're going to be a big facility right there. Is about that 10, Riverside? It is Riverside. Uh -huh. And the reason I'm in Riverside is the city of Kansas City does not allow you to have a liquor license if you sell tobacco. The state of Missouri does, though. So I had to move out of the city in order to make this happen. Come on over to Missouri. Yeah. Welcome to Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty rough deal that's going on. I hope we get this reversed. People have got to, you know, pay attention to this because this is a trend in a lot of industries. Uh, it's really insidious. Yeah, they lumped us in with all the vape guys. Mm. So they're treating us exactly like they're treating the vape. But we okay. all know vapes yeah. are kids, and cigars are old guys. Yeah. So it's it's not fair to be lumped in with that, but that's what they've done. Yeah. You've got to protect these 60-year-old guys yeah. from enjoying themselves. we got to have somewhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's good. Well, thank you for being our host today. We appreciate it. No problem. That. I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate it. thank you for it. a yeah. little golf thing this morning. That was a great deal, too. So The Outlaw, it's a fantastic cigar store and a great place to hang out. And wish you the best on that new one. That sounds like an exciting deal. Kick ass. Come on I down and party with us. I will drink your whiskey. Your Outlaw. What are you going to call the whiskey? You know yet? Uh, well, they're going to be different names like Black Powder and oh. Pale Face, and we're going to do. Is that going to be stuff. just American whiskey, like uh, corn whiskey? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something very unique. I'm going to use craft beer to create whiskey. So typically, you use corn and rye. You don't use the high-end malts and and some mm -hmm. of the grains that you get with craft beer. But I'm actually going to use the wort from craft beer to distill my whiskey. So it'll be a very different whiskey wow. than what's on the market today. A unique value proposition, again, yes. coming from Kendall Culbertson. <laughs> very cool. Hey, uh, you mentioned you have a lot of events out in the parking lot here. When can people come and get involved? You know, in we have things? monthly events. Uh, we usually get 500,000 people here, mm -hmm. a lot of military. Every event has a charity, military aspect, car clubs, bike clubs, girls. You know, everything an old guy would like. I see um, you've got a lot of military stuff. Uh, big into the big military. Big following. You donate products Yeah, we do. Uh, we ship three to six packages a week overseas to the military guys. And they send you thank you posters, great pictures, and, they, I mean, now I might know it's a lot of fun. That the FDA made that illegal, 
So I hope this podcast reaches out to law enforcement and somebody comes in and arrests arrest me for this because I just think it's the greatest thing um, that they've taken away from us to, to supply our military with cigars. And I don't know if you, you know, the thing is when you get letters back from these guys, you realize that this is a big deal to them. When they go do a mission, they are all wound up inside. And when they come back and they can take a cigar, a piece of America, and relax and decompress from their mission, this is my opinion, it's saving a lot of guys from PTSD, or at least helping to to push it back. Exactly. You know? Well, right. I hope the law enforcement out there is listening, that there is a man in Overland Park in Kansas City, Missouri, who is sending cigars to our military who are fighting to defend us. And we have got to stop this. It's crazy. <laughs> so we have monthly events, and every event is a charity, and most of the times it's it's a military charity. Wonderful. So we raise money every single month for the military. Very cool. Well, thank you so very much. We appreciate that. Thank Good you. luck to you. You guys kick ass. All right, thanks. thanks. Well, that about wraps up the show. Uh, Loy, you want to grab some more cigars and do a couple other beers and play the uh, guy singing the end of the show? Yeah, why not? I'm smoking a gunslinger, uh, gunslinger Perdition, and it is great. I'm doing the Gunslinger Pale Face because I'm a newbie, and it's good. Very good. And Art, what are you smoking there? Uh, I'm, I'm in, um, ingesting some black powder, and you got the pale face. How come? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> That's not right. Why is it always got to be about color? Yeah. Hey, thanks for being with us, all of our great guests, and you listening there. That's pretty cool. And let's close the show out with a bit more of the Nick Fear experience. It's my favorite freaking show.